month of November, the Lord has impressed on our heart a surge, which means there's going to be a transmission of supernatural power into our realities. And Romans chapter 8, verse 11, which is our anchor scripture for the month of November, um, I believe it's on your screen. It says that if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal bodies. All right, is that in your Bible? It says he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Somebody say mortal. Now, when it, many times we talk about the realm of the spirit, in the, the first instance, and it's correct, is that we identify a spirit-to-spirit -spirit transmission, which is a strength in your inner man, all right? But in the month of November, the Lord says that your soul will benefit from this inside strength and that your body will benefit from this inside strength. Okay, somebody didn't get that. I'm going to say that again. Let me tell you what the experts are currently saying. They are saying that when the pandemic is over and when the economies of the world have been rattled, I don't know if you watch the news. I hope you, you watch more word than the news. Because the news currently can be very depressing. But something common is that you will notice that the nations of the earth are undergoing severe birth pains all over. All right, from the continent of Africa to Asia to even down south, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hello. Everywhere, everywhere turmoil. So experts are predicting that health professionals should start gearing up next year down into the decade for immense mental health conditions. So they are telling many people will start falling into depression. Many people will become suicidal. And those are their expert prophecies. But we have our own expert prophecy. The Bible says we have a more sure word of prophecy. Somebody say glory to God. So let me give you that word again. That the strength of the spirit of God on your inside will seep over to your soul. It's with God and garrison your heart. There will be no room for any mental health complications. And then it will seep into your mortal bodies and that you will experience supernatural power. In the mighty name of Jesus. However, this morning, in the brevity of the time we have left, the Lord is taking us in another direction. The Lord is taking us in another direction. Um, and the direction I want you to, to, I want you to follow me this morning. All right. Everybody just repeat this after me. Life can be simple. Okay, do you want us to do that again? Let's say it again. Life, Life. Can, be can be simple. Someone is saying, I don't agree. I agree with you that you should not agree. So let's do it again. A life, a life. of favor, of favor. Can, be can be simple. Are you getting it now? Yeah. All right, so let's do that one more time. A life, a life. of favor, favor. Can, be simple. can be simple. A life, a life. In, Christ in Christ can be simple. Glory to God. Now follow me this morning. Every problem we experience in our lives is a wisdom problem. The moment you know what to do, you have no right to call that thing a problem anymore. True or false? So we can say that the biggest challenge in life is knowing what to do. Because if you know what to do, how many of you have had difficulties before and you call the technician, they say there's just a button in one corner, you can't see any button. They are saying, just look under it. I can't, I can't see it. And the person comes into the room, boom, and says, well, I'm here. And they go in, and they come out. Have you done it? Yes, it's done. Just like that. He said, just like that. Now, the difference, the difference is that they knew what to do, and you did not know what to do. That's the difference. We invest thousands of dollars in education. The goal of education is not to have degrees and certificates. It is to know what to do. And to know how to do it in a way 
that there is value on what you deliver to your world. Am I in church this morning? So the Spirit of God is saying that supernaturally by a surge, there is a provision for God's children to know what to do without having been taught what to do. Hmm. Okay, we are getting it little by little. We are getting little by little. John chapter 6 and verse 5 to 6. John chapter 6 and verse 5 to 6. If it's on your screen, it says, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and he looked onto the multitude coming towards him. And there was a problem there. The problem was that he was preaching to a large crowd and these people had been fasting the whole day. Hello? Have you preached to, maybe it's the pastors that will be able to identify with this. Have you preached to hungry people before? When you say, pray, 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 they will be reducing the volume for you. So that you know when to say in Jesus' name, we have prayed. Say, round off this service. Come on, it's time to go. Don't you get it? All right, so if we push up sometimes, maybe pastor has eaten something and told us to fast. We are strong and we are tired. We don't get where this energy is from. Praise God. And disciples came to Jesus. They said, there's no way we can feed these people. There's no way we can feed this. Number one, there's no money to buy food to feed these people. Number two, there is no Walmart around. There's no, there's no grocery store around. There's nobody shipping food down here. Right in the desert, this is impossible. But I love what he says in verse 6. It says Jesus just asked them this question for asking sake. He himself knew what he was going to do. Yeah. Child of God, by the time the Lord is done with us this morning, some of you are looking at the time. It's just it's almost 11. I'm telling you, God doesn't need a year to do what he said to do. By the time we are done this morning, there will be a release of supernatural grace that whatever mountain has stood before you, by his spirit, you will know what to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, beyond what experts can suggest, beyond what the, the, the data can embark on, all right, beyond what anyone can say, you will know what to do. By his spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus, it can be very frustrating to not know what to do. It can be extremely frustrating. Life is staring you in the face. You are a father and you are looking, you, 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 you feel disenfranchised at your inability to do the barest minimum. You are a wife, you are a son, you are a daughter, you have responsibilities to your parents. People around you, your world is begging for what you carry. And you just wish you could do a little bit more than you are doing right now. It can be very frustrating not to know what to do. But there is a spirit in us that teaches us what to do. The number one option is to do nothing. Do nothing. And many people are there. In fact, what the pandemic is teaching many people is just, let's just be waiting. Let's just be watching. All right, John chapter 5 from verse 2 to 5 tells us of a man who, 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 who I'm looking for the word to use. He absolved himself of all responsibility for solution for a good 38 years. The Bible says he was at the pool of Bethesda, meaning the house of mercy. So he was sitting by the house of mercy for 38 years, but his destiny was hinged on chance. Child of God, never, never, never permit your life to chance. Chance means that maybe tomorrow, somebody somewhere, one uncle, so, no uncle, nobody, I take hold of my future. If that uncle is going to do something, it's because that angel appeared to them in the night. Glory to God. Glory to God. Never live your life to chance. 38 good years. Waiting for the waters to be stirred. Is it, on your, is it on your screen? Waiting for the waters. And then the mercy himself. It was at the house of mercy. But mercy himself stood beside him. And mercy said, are you ready to receive mercy? He said, there's nobody to help me. Oh boy. Jesus. He, he was waiting for angels to come stir waters. And Jesus was asking him, what would you have me do for you? Come on, child of God. Stop getting used to chance. Stop getting used. These this helpers of my destiny at some point. You are meant to be the helper of other people's destinies. At some point, there has to be a shift. You wake up in the morning and you say, God, who am I going to help today? 
whose story is going to change today because I stepped into their situation. That's the mindset of champions. We are not living our lives to chance anymore. Staring of the waters. Staring of the waters. We're not waiting for any angel. It says, out of you shall flow. Out of your belly shall flow. So if you are waiting for angels to come stare, but I've got a river in me, and it's a constant supply of mercy. Come on, somebody say, glory to God. So option one is you are doing nothing. Option two is to do rubbish. At least when you do rubbish, they won't fault you that you did nothing. But sometimes rubbish can damage what nothing will have left. I don't know if you've installed something before. And you call the company. They said the green goes here, the red goes here. Did you do it the other way? You are now, you are now sure. You don't know what to tell them. So you don't void your warranty. <laughs> so you should have just left it. First uh, uh. Samuel chapter 28, verse 6 to 8. Saul found himself in a place where, and I think if you are paying attention to what the Spirit of God is saying this morning, the, I think the, the message of the Spirit of God towards this morning is that you should take responsibility for the dimension of power in your life. Don't leave it to the waters. This second example, doing rubbish. Don't leave it to the, to the prophet. Don't leave it to pastor. Don't leave it to PD. Thank God for the grace on PD. Thank God for the grace on the other ministers in the house. All right, but don't leave it to them. And I think God has really honored us in this church. God has really, really honored us in this church. The testimonies are, oh, PD, there was this something, something. It's not PD, rush and come. We, we handled it. We prayed and God did it already. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Option two, doing rubbish. First Samuel 28, verse 6 to 8. Is it on your screen? Is it on your screen? Saul did not cultivate his relationship. Every communication he had supernaturally was via the prophet Samuel. But Samuel was gone. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, not because the Lord did not hear him, but there was no relationship. Either by dreams or by the Urim or by the prophets. Verse 7. Verse 7. And Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium. The word medium there, you can interpret it as who is a witch. All right? She has divine powers to communicate with the dead. It's called necromancy. That I may go to her and inquire of her. This was the same Saul who had passed the law and had banished these op operations in Israel. Hmm. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. How did you know? I thought we banished them. How did you know the address? It could have been a trick question. If I was so, I need to see it. Oh, you know. You know where they are. That means you've been visiting them. Imagine where your associates are consulting demons. Can you give us a receipt? He says, so Saul disguised himself. Hey, Saul, you did disguise. And put on other clothes. And he went, I'm sure the woman was like, King, I know you. Stop whispering. Sorry, sorry, it's okay. Sorry. Speak up. Speak up, so. so. Child of God, God doesn't want you to be a place where you do nothing. He doesn't want you to be a place where you do rubbish. Number three option is using human wisdom. This is where many people are doing, using human wisdom. Human wisdom is nice because it will bring a fix. But it won't bring a solution. There's a big difference between a fix and a solution. God wants us as his children to bring solution to our world by his spirit. Did somebody hear that? A fix is different from a solution. How many of you back in the days growing up, I, I don't know about you, all right, but my parents didn't buy us video games growing up. But we had friends that when there was Super Nintendo, they gave us their Nintendo. Hello, hello. Kids, kids nowadays, they would, what? What are you talking about? They only know Xbox and, you know, PlayStation. I think there's seven or ten now. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 
Glory to God. Now, the Nintendo I had, we called it NES. When you put the cartridge in and you press on, there is no guarantee that it's coming on. So you, you anybody knows what I'm talking about? I, I think I have a witness in the room. Glory to God. Now, that is a fix, not a solution. A solution is every time you want it to come on, it comes on. A fix is that I am hoping that this is the smack that will smack it. God doesn't want you smacking your life and hoping that things will fall into order. He's saying that there is a dimension I want you to step onto that you know that every time I call on that name, every time, how do you tell them to open the grave of a man, to open the tomb? You've set yourself up and he looks up and says, Father, I thank you because you always hear me. That's where God wants you to be as a child of God. You always hear me. Not peradventure, maybe today, maybe next week, maybe when prophet arrives, maybe when apostle comes, maybe when deacon or deaconess, he says, I know that you always, glory to God. Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 and 14. Human wisdom. Moses, father-in-law, come to visit him. He saw the manner that he was leading the people. Say, God, you are anointed, but at this rate, you will soon be frustrated. That's the way a lot of believers are. You are anointed, yes, but at this rate, you will burn out. You are anointed, yes, but at this rate, you, you, you just discover that you will not be useful again to the people. Is that in your Bible? Is it in your Bible? Yeah. Moses' father-in-law saw him. He said, no, 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 my son. I know a dear pastor friend said he was not sure whether he was really concerned for Moses or for his daughter. Because how do you go to office at 6 a.m.? He says he will do judging and counseling from dawn till dusk. He will go and barely sleep. And the man has to still talk to God. So he goes to, he goes to the people. He goes to God. The wife is like, honey. He's like, honey, go use stevia. <laughs> There's no honey here. And then he moves on to God, to the people. And the man said, no, you are going to weary yourself. Appoint leaders. Isn't that a good idea? A good idea. Organizational efficiency. Let me tell you. God has a dimension for his children that is superior to organizational efficiency. There is something beyond human wisdom. Human wisdom says organize, plan, schedule. You can only plan with data that you have, right? There is one that has data that you don't have. There is one that has data that algorithms don't have. There is one that predictive systems cannot beat his accuracy. That's the spirit of God. And I want to introduce you to level four. Somebody say level four. That's the level of supernatural instruction. And we unlock it by prophecy. I think I can begin to round up now this morning. God wants your default method for solution to be prophecy. Prophecy. There was a problem in Numbers chapter 11. The Israelites started complaining as we begin to round up now. They were complaining, we're eating too much manna. This thing is carbs, 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 carbs. Well, I'm sure they were not adding with. They were fit. They were on the journey. Glory to God. They were traversing the wilderness, going. The Bible says that even the soles of their feet did not wear off. Their clothes did not fade off. They were looking fresh, but they just didn't like the taste of the food because they tasted something else in Egypt. Child of God, if you continue to compare the taste of the kingdom with the taste of Egypt, you will not place value on the grace of God upon your life. You will not. So in Numbers, God tells Moses, he says, don't, don't vex too much. For those writing, I'm not going to read this. All right, I'm probably going to close my notes now. Numbers 11, from verse 10, 15, 16, 17, 26, 29. Maybe they can give me from verse 26 to 29. If they can just give me 26 to 29, I will round it up. And God said, well, Moses, the last time you had a problem, you did it your way, and I was looking at you. Your father-in-law came, and he taught you the principles of organizational project efficiency. 
It taught you the tenets of effective solution planning. It taught you all these great management skills. He says, but Moses, there is another way. There is another way. Are you ready for me to show you the other way? Are you ready for me to show you the other way? Moses said, yes. So God said, pick people, pick leaders. Pick people, pick leaders. I will take off my spirit on you and I will place it upon them. The Bible tells us two people did not show up. They didn't show up. Even where they were, the power of God rested upon them. Which is why I'm sure that those of you watching online, the power of God is going to rest on you mightily. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know Joshua came. Can you go down? Joshua, the young protege of Moses came. He came around and he said, Moses. I'm sure he doesn't. I didn't call him Moses. All right. Their, their culture was in cocaine. It wasn't like it was typical, closer to ours. I don't know what you called him, but definitely not Moses. Boss. He <laughs> said, two people did show up. This grace that just rested on us. The way we saw everybody prophesying and suddenly knowing what to do. He said, two people didn't show up where they were. He said, they have it. And Moses replied to them, it's God's words to us today. I want you to go home and meditate on it. Then Moses said to him, are you zealous for my sake? That means, are you jealous for my sake? That is not only pastor seeing visions. That is not only pastor giving accurate word of knowledge. Are you jealous for my sake? Moses said, no, no, no. Joshua, there's a superior way. Oh, I wish that all God's children will prophesy and that the Spirit of God will be upon them. Rise on your feet this morning. Oh, that all God's children, when the Spirit of God rests on you, a grace for prophecy comes. It's superior to doing nothing. It's superior to doing rubbish. It's even superior to organizational excellence. It's a dimension that Pharaoh bows to. It's revelation by the Spirit of God that comes with solution, comes with interpretation. It's an inclusive package of knowing what to do. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of God will have you know what to do. The Spirit of God will have you know what to do. Come on, if you're in the room, just say, Father, thank you for your word this morning. And our time is fast spent. Say, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your word this morning because now by your Spirit, I am pulled out from being left to chance. My destiny can't be left to chance. Those job applications can't be left to chance. Those immigration papers can't be left to chance. And I, I, I definitely can't be left to error. Even with the principles of planning and human effectiveness, I do not leave it. There is a dimension of prophecy. Moses, the servant of God, said, All oh, that all God's children, all oh, that not just the 70 of us, not just those outside the camp, but his desire. His desire is that everyone, everyone everywhere, filled with the Spirit of the Most High, will be able to utter mysteries, bring interpretation by the Spirit, and know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Come on, raise your hands to heaven and say, Father, I receive this grace. I receive this grace. I receive this grace, this dimension of your spirit at work in me. Come on, come on. We have just two minutes left. Let's make the time count. I receive this dimension of your spirit. I receive this mighty move. I receive this mighty move like never before. The spirit of the God, the spirit of the Lord is already moving in this place. He's bringing solution. Some of you, the solution will come in the night's time. Some of you, the solution will come when you're awake. Some of you, the solution will come when you're driving. Some of you, it's your little children that will say something. And then it will click. The Spirit of God will teach you, instruct you. And suddenly you will know what to do. You will know how to do it. You will do it well and your world will marvel. It's moving in this place. It's moving in this place. The Spirit of the Lord. 
is moving in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. Is moving in this place. Is moving in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. place wow thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus it's good to know it's good to know it's good to know thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus can we do this for 30 seconds I don't believe we need forever to do this there is an uncommon grace to know an uncommon grace to know in the room you will know you won't just know in a way that you are aware but you will know in a way that you can bring a solution those are two completely different things they are those that know and they just know they are those that their knowledge brings deliverance for instance there's something the spirit of god just revealed that we'll pray about but i just want you 30 seconds just lay your hands it can be your right hand it can be your left hand whichever is available put your hand on your head and say i receive this uncommon grace for the prophet in me to arise that's what you're saying I receive this uncommon grace for the prophets in me to arise. Child of God, it's good to have prophets around you. It's good to have pastors around you. It's good to have apostles around you. They are there as God's instrument, God's blessings to us, to guide us, to nurture us, to ensure we do not derail. But your day-to-day -day life, there's a need for a prophet in your house. There's a need for a prophet in that office. They might not reckon you that this is by the grace of God, but they will know that this is a wisdom that is beyond this surface. It is beyond this plane. It is beyond this existence. Oh, oh that all God's children will prophesy. An uncommon release of the grace to know, to communicate mysteries, and to interpret by the Spirit of God. Thank you, gracious Father. Praise be unto your name. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. If we didn't have to, to any health guidelines, I would have said you should hold your hand for this next one. But because you can't hold your hands, I want you to pray this very loudly. We will do this for 60 seconds. And for those watching on the screen, all right, I saw like a mark of someone appointed to death. Like a mark, like a mark. I don't have to be very graphic. But when, when it has been revealed, it means that there's grace available to avert it. So church, I want you to join your hands with mine. We're not touching hands, but I want you to pray this loudly. That you spirit of death, you mark of death, hovering over that child of God. We cancel you by the blood of Jesus. Can you do this with me? 60 seconds, church. Can we do this? Come on, let's raise it high. There will be no mourning in the house. There will be no sorrow in the house. He said there will be rejoicing. That life is preserved. That family is preserved. The mark of death is cancelled by the blood. The mark of death is cancelled by the blood. That event of mourning is nullified. Come on, 30 more seconds. Come on, there's grace upon your life. There's authority in your lips. Come on, 20 more seconds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. It is done. 
What the enemy meant for evil, our God is our God has turned it around for good. What was meant to be a gathering of mourning, it is turned around to a gathering for celebration. In the name of Jesus. Someone on that sound of my voice in the room or watching online, you know you do not know Jesus. Your best bet is human wisdom. The book of James tells us that that wisdom, it's not pure. It's demonic. It's not trustworthy. Don't build your life on expert knowledge. Don't build your life on chance. Build it on the word, on the sure foundation. I'm inviting you this morning. You know you're not born again. Your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. This is an invitation for you. As you acknowledge your sin, as you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He came, died for you. The grave could hold him and he's alive today. As you confess him as Lord and Savior, come on, it takes faith to receive this gift. You've been playing church. People think you're a Christian, but you know you're not born again. This is your moment. This is your moment. Father, for your sons and your daughters, making this wonderful decision today, ask that your spirit will invade them, that grace is multiplied unto them. There is a supply of your spirit to live a life of victory over sin. Their lives will count for you, bring you glory. They will bear much fruit. They will bring many to salvation. They indeed have become brand new. The old is gone. The old is gone. New has come. Abundant life. The joy of salvation. Everlasting, overflowing is released. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, gracious Father, because it is done. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, church. Is that the best? Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by the sermon. And if you would love to be a part of what God is doing in our midst, feel free to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. To be a part of the giving, you can give our email at info, I-N-F-O, at KICCCanada.ca or through our website at www.kicccanada.ca slash donate. God is doing amazing things in our midst and we look forward to seeing you soon. Remember, you are a champion. God bless you.